This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the moment we have waited for, and a gentleman who has broadcast Major League Baseball for eight seasons in Los Angeles with the California Angels, watching his old team tonight as the voice of the new Seattle Mariners. It's my pleasure to introduce and to work with in this first season ever, a great gentleman, Dave Niehaus. Thank you, Ken Wilson. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the initial voyage of the Seattle Mariners, Diego Segui. The first pitch in history is a strike, taking it to me by Jerry Remy, leading it off. Opening night was something altogether. I do remember Jerry Remy stepping into uh, into the batter's box and Diego Segui throwing that first pitch when we were underway. Got shut out the first game. Got shut out the second game. The first series was a five-game series against the Angels, and uh, we ended up winning two of them. But to win the third game, won the third game, and then uh, won two of the five games, and we were underway. Little did I know that I'd be sitting here 31 years later talking about that night and reviving some of the most magical memories that that started this this franchise. It was a magic time up here with uh, people just after being quite frankly screwed since 1969 by losing the one Major League franchise they had by Major League Baseball to reintroduce Major League Baseball. People have always asked me from day one, and it was one of the first questions that was asked me when I came up here, do you think Seattle is a baseball town? Well, having said a bit of the of the history of the Pacific Coast League, I knew it was a great baseball town. You're darn right. This is fertile territory up here, and I, I know I've been proven right since that time way back in when I was first asked that in the winter of uh, of 1977. It is great baseball territory up here, and it will always be. Here is the wind by Rudy Bay and the two-strike delivery on the way. A fastball swung on and felt it deep to left center. Back on the ball is Mumphrey to the warning track. The wall! It's gone! It's over! Tom Pashorek wins it with a home run! Three to two! My! Oh, my! Two-one pitch to Pashorek. Fastball swung on and felt it to left! Winfield looks up! The Mariners win it again! It will fly away! And, of course, you had the Tom Fischerick back-to-back home runs against Ron Davis of the New York Yankees, who uh, just ignited for a weekend, for a weekend Seattle. When the, when the Mariners won those two games against the Yankees, you thought that they'd have won the World Series. And the other, you know, there are little vignettes in every baseball season that you can pick out. That's the nice thing about, about baseball. There are always something in the darkest hours you can pick out the shiningest light and people remember, not only for that year, but forever and ever. And it's great to have you fans around the world listening on American Forces Radio being able to sit in on a bit of baseball history here at the Kingdom in Seattle, Washington tonight. On May the 6th, 1982, Gaylord Perry one out away from 300. The 2-1 pitch to Randolph. Swung on, ground ball to Cruz. This should do it. He's got it. It's over. Gaylord has 300. Everybody mobbing Gaylord. 
becomes the 15th man in baseball history to win 300 games as the Mariners beat the Yankees 7-3. Gaylord Perry said that he was on a game-to-game contract. He was a likable guy. He really was. He had that North Carolina drawl. He was from Williamston, North Carolina. He was a peanut farmer. He even sent me some peanuts. And I'm not sure if I still don't have a bag of those peanuts hidden away because I was kind of proud that it had on the on the burlap bag Gaylord Perry's Peanut Farm. Two and two the count on Baines. Now Mark looking for number two, zero, zero. Into the wind and the two-two pitch on the way. And it's a swing and a miss. And he's done it. I oh, my number 200. Mark Langston, our hand is off to you. Certainly, he and Dwight Gooden are the only rookies in baseball history to have 200 strikeouts and lead their respective league. And the 1-2 pitch to Alvin Davis now, and it's a breaking ball. Belted deep to right field, looking up his windfield. It is grand salami time for Alvin Davis. My, oh, my. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I've always said he was, he was Mr. Mariner, and... That was before, you know, the Griffies and people like that arrived on the scene. He was, he was Mr. Mariner, I think, because of, of what he represented. Uh, he was a good hitter, but a Hall of Fame human being. And I, I've always tried to meld all of those factors into what I say about people. I, I, I know that Ty Cobb was one of the greatest ball players that ever lived. That didn't make him a great person. Alvin Davis was a good ball player and a great person, the first member of the Mariners Hall of Fame. When, when ownership makes you number one in going into what in years to come will be a burgeoning Hall of Fame, I think that has a lot to say about him. After 10 minutes, the wind and the 3-0 pitch on the way to Alvin. Swung on and Belton! Deep to right field, Brunaski looks up! We just came from the Bay Area, and there was a picture in the sports page of giant shortstop Omar Vizquel, who unbelievably has played in more games at short than any other player in the entire history of baseball. But there is one game in particular that I remember most for little O, the great prestidigitator. It was early in his career, April the 22nd, 1993, and during that offseason, the club had signed a grizzled old veteran by the name of Chris Bazio from Milwaukee. Boz, bad knees and all, was as tough a competitor as you would ever want to see. One of those throwbacks who had knocked down their own mother if she was crowding the plate. Anyway, Boz had gotten off to a rough start with the Mariners. He had a loss and two no decisions in his first three starts. So he began his fourth start by walking the first two batters he faced. And we began to wonder just what in the world did we have here? 26 outs later, with the Mariners leading 7 to nothing, the Bo Sox' Ernest Riles strolled to the plate. Fazio, his 2-1 pitch on the way, swung on, high jumper with the mound, charged by Vizquel, bare edge throws, it's over! Kingdom tonight.
tonight to see one of the more brilliant performances in history as Basio faces only one over the minimum and no hits. The Boston Red Sox beats them by a score of seven to nothing. You will never see a better pitched game. Chris Basio went on to win 27 games for the Mariners in his four years with the club and was an integral part of the 95 club, but will always be remembered for his no-hitter in 1993. As for Omar, the winner of 11 gold gloves and the author of over 2,600 hits, he's putting the wraps on what could very well turn out to be a Hall of Fame career. Here is the 0-2 pitch on the way, swinging a one-hopper back to the mound. Swift has it, throws to first, and at seven minutes after 10 down here in Texas, the M's get a 15-year-old Simeon off their back. A gorilla, a monkey, it is gone. They have assured themselves that they are a 500 ball club. They are now 81 and 78 and flying home a mighty happy group, I guarantee you. 1991, we finally broke 500. Jim Lefevre was our manager, and for doing that, he got fired. (laughs) And and then Bill Plummer took over, and then Lou took over in 93, and there were 10 marvelous years with Lou Pinella. He's got his cap off and throwing his cap down. And Lou's head bobbing back and forth like a hen, picking up pieces of corn, and now kicks his cap once, misses it twice, kicks it the third time out onto the outfield grass, goes back. The other three umpires, the other two umpires, joining Larry Barnett out there, the only man, Bill Miller, standing at home plate, while Lou puts on one magnificent show here in Cleveland. Ah, yes, this will make a lot of the highlight reels, and Vanilla is absolutely exasperated as he goes over, picks up his hat, and can't hang on to it. Or maybe didn't hang on to it, and personally kicks it again! Drop kicks it on to the, this is the greatest show by Pinella as a Mariner manager. He got distance that time. That was a three-pointer. He's going to kick it all the way to the Mariner dugout. He kicks it again high into the air. My favorite player to cover, I don't think there's any doubt it's got to be Ken Griffey Jr. because I saw him as a 17-year-old kid. He came up as a 19-year-old kid. Here he is, Ken Griffey Jr., at the age of 19, and listen to the ovation. Ken Griffey Jr. trying to give his father a birthday present today because Sr. is 39 years of age. But here comes the wind and the pitch on the way to Jr., and it's swung on and belted deep to left field, headed to the track, the wall, Welcome to Seattle, Ken Griffey Jr., and, you know, just electrified everybody. And the pitch on the way to Junior. Breaking ball, belted into the upper deck. That will fly, fly, fly away. My, oh, my. Run like a deer, play defense, crashed into walls. Pitch to him, swung on, and a fly ball hit deep into the gap in right center field. The kid on his horse, back to the warning track. The wall makes the lead. the 380 marker and it's one of the most incredible catches you will ever want to see hit home runs there goes joy the pitch swung on and melted deep to right field the mariners have done it fly away junior with a two-run home run the mariners win it nine to seven my oh 
just played with complete abandon. Slider swung on and a high fly ball hit into deep left center field. Back goes Griffey. He's back to the wall. Makes the leap and does he make the catch? He does! My, oh my, another Griffey piece of magic as Ken Griffey Jr. takes a home run away from Jesse Barfield. You could see the joy of playing the game in his eyes. Junior, right down on the knob of the bat, waving that black beauty right out toward Pavlik. Has it cocked, and Pavlik is set. The pitch on the way to Ken Griffey Jr., and it's swung on and belted! Deep to right field! Get out the right, Brett Grandma! It is Grand Salami time! I don't believe it! One swing of the bat! The first pitch, and Ken Griffey Jr. has given the Mariners a 6-2 lead over the Texas Rangers. My, oh my, what a shot by Jr., and he has never hit a bigger one. And to this day, and here he is going to be 40 in November, uh, he still loves to play the game of baseball. Not as good as he used to be, but neither am I. The fans hoping to catch a little bit of the old-time religion right here, baby. With Junior stepping up to the plate. Here comes the stretch. And the pitch to Junior on the way. Swing and a fly ball into deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. The old-time religion lives. Junior does it. A two-run home run. And we are tied at 3-3. Harry Carey was my biggest influence because I guess because of, of his of his home run call more than anything else. I, I still hear him late at night with the with the lightning bugs flashing on and off and the crickets doing their thing saying, It could be, it might be, it is a home run. Oh my gosh, I couldn't go to sleep for forty five minutes after that call. And that was the biggest influence on me. But when I decided to become or became a major league broadcaster, I always thought that perhaps the biggest call was that of the home run, the signature call of any announcer. And that's the reason I, over the years, early in my career in Seattle, came up with my own home run call. It will fly away. Certainly nothing, nothing like it could be, it might be, it is. If I wouldn't be accused of plagiarism, doggone it, I'd steal that. Swung on and belted deep to center field. Bernie Williams looks up, and this will fly, fly away. Edgar Martinez has just given the Mariners a 5-2 lead. Dead center field, no doubt about it. Well, the 2-2 pitch, swung on and a high fly James, his delivery on the way to Jay Buhner. Swung on and melted. A moonshot and that will fly, fly away. Jay Buhner, a tape measure home run to make it 6-1. to one. And 
Dave Buhner is an all-time favorite. Character, hard-nosed ball player, another guy that could come up with the dramatic uh, home run, the dramatic play, just like when he made the error in the playoff game with the Cleveland Indians and came back and won the ball game. For the spectacle, the right-hander stretches the one-strike pitch to Jay. Swung on on a fly ball, a deep to right center field. Ramirez to the track, the wall, fly away! Jay Buhner has just given the Mariners a 5-3 lead with a three-run home run. So Buhner homers, gives one back with an error, and then it's another homer, a three-run job, and the Mariners are up. 5-2, my, oh my! And there goes the wind out of the balloon here in Cleveland. Look at him turn and leave at Jacobs Field. The first Mariner to hit for a cycle in an extra inning game. Plowed up about 35 yards of dirt with his nose sliding in at third base to get the, the last hit, the triple. And uh, just an all-around great guy, great philanthropist, a kid that loves uh, to work with, with the youth of, of the Puget Sound. Here comes the 1-1 on the way to Jay now. Fastball, high fly ball, belted deep to left center field. How far is that baby going? It's going 100 miles. Mercy, what a shot by Buhner. Gene said to me, David, you call a hell of a game. Not the game I'm watching, but a hell of a game. So maybe I'm representing the guys that have added a little whipped cream and cherry to the great game of baseball, for which I plead guilty, and I'm very proud. He is death to flying things. His name is Franklin Gutierrez. On a hot, muggy, miserable evening in Baltimore, the Iceman cometh. Fastball, strike three, call right down the middle at 96 miles an hour. That baby was hairy coming up there. So the Mariners have won 12 in a row. And do me a favor, turn the oven up tonight to about 450 degrees because the Mariners tomorrow will go after a baker's dozen. Breaking ball, Steve Reich at the knees. A nasty, diabolical slider. Oh, that stank. Listen to the jingle, the rumble, and the roar as she glides across the woodland or the hills and by the shore. Hear the rush of the mighty engine. Hear the lonesome hobo's call. He's riding through the jungle on the Wabash Cannonball. Two-pitch on the way. Here he goes. Strike three called. He's rung up by Halley. And one more time as he turns to the right, looks to the skies and says, Hey, hey, I love it. The one-two delivery on the way now. And it's a breaking ball swung on and missed. And the June Yuletide season in Seattle continues. He is one strike away from the shutout. His seventh consecutive victory. His 288th strikeout of the year. And his 11th of the night. And everybody is up. Pulling for the big unit to do it. With his brand. With his K. One-two pitch on the way. Swag and a miss and it's over. And he did it. He put it right on the rump of the old steer and burned it right in there. Big unit is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's there's no doubt about that. A man all alone with himself, but not all alone here. As 24,000 incredibly rabid Mariner fans are looking for that final strike. That will set Mariner history. 
Here comes the left-hander's wine. The 0-2 pitch on the way. Swing! It's over! He has done it! High fastball, Randy Johnson being mobbed by Scott Bradley down to greet him and the entire Mariner team here on the 2nd of June. It ends at 9.51 Pacific Daylight Time. Randy Johnson with the first Mariner no-hitter in history, and they are going crazy. Everybody saluting the tallest man to ever put on a uniform in the history of baseball. Randy Johnson has done it. He has no-hit the Detroit Tigers tonight, two to nothing. My, oh, my. It's one thing you've got to learn about guys that are as competitive as Randy Johnson. On the day that they are scheduled pitchers, I'm talking about, to work, don't go anywhere near them. I mean, it, it, it's tough even for their own catcher that day to talk to them about hitters because they're way off and never, never land thinking of, of something else. And that certainly was Randy Johnson's mindset. And the fans can smell it. They are upstanding, ready to explode should Randy Johnson slip a strike by Ruben Sierra. Sitting right on the precipice of history is Randy. The 2-2 pitch. Swag and a miss, and he's done it! Randy Johnson has 322,751 saluting the big guy here on Sunday afternoon, closing day at the Kingdom as he becomes only the eighth man in American League history to strike out 300 or more batters. My, oh my, congratulations. He was... Uh, great a competitor as I've ever seen. And they're going to go down and get the big guy, Randy Johnson, and listen to this ovation when the Cy Young is called in. Listen to this. to get that adrenaline pumping. It's here right now. That terribly biting slider that always seemed to get everybody on a foot. They, every, every time you went up there, you knew you were going to get that slider low and in. If you're a right-handed batter, it's going to get you on the foot. You might get it if you're a left-handed batter. The big guy is ready to come back with a 1-2 pitch and a 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! He's done it! performance by the big unit. Randy Johnson, the strikeout artist that he was, threw the ball 100 miles an hour, almost at will, at the top of his career. His Cy Young's prove how good he is, or was. Randy Johnson is the Mariners' next Hall of Famer. Now the left-hander ready. Branding iron hot. The one-two pitch. Frustration is over. After we beat the Angels, you just knew it was over because we went to New York, and I'll never forget seeing Jimmy Leibovitz hit that home run about 1:15 in the morning with the rain coming down at Yankee Stadium, and we had a 3,000-mile flight home, down two games, and to advance anymore, you had to win three in a row. That wasn't going to happen. 
That just was not going to happen. Ah, but it did. Yes, it did. That was the magic that, that captured the imagination here in Seattle. The Mariners can win the World Series, and they will one of these days. Believe me, I hope I'm here when they do it. But they will. I mean, one of these days. May not be here. You may not be here. I'm going to tell you something. It will not be as exciting as 1995. It'll be much talked about. It'll be nice to hang that pennant out there that says World Championship. But nothing ever will take the place of 1995. And John Wetland one more time set. And here comes the 2-2 pitch to Edgar Martinez now. And the fastball swung on and hit the deep center field. Bernie Williams goes back and it is. Get out the right bread and the mustard this time, Grandma. It is a grand salami. And the Mariners lead it 10-6. I don't believe it. The Mariners just wouldn't say die. Joey Cora reached first on a bunt single for a base hit. Junior singled to center. As Edgar Martinez strolled to the plate, the kingdom was just going bonzo, going crazy. The fans, all 57,441 of them, anticipating one more thrill. And they wouldn't be disappointed. Right now, the Mariners looking for the tie. They would take a fly ball. They would love a base hit into the gap, and they could win it with junior speed, the stretch. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line, down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues the biggest hit in Seattle Mariners history. By the best hitter in Seattle Mariner history, Edgar hit 571 in the division series with two big homers and 10 RBIs. Este caliente, indeed. The wind of the pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Fastball belted deep to left center field. and 20 feet, I'll guarantee you. What a bolt by Edgar Martinez. I have never seen him this high. Edgar Martinez was a, a better third baseman than, than a lot of people give him credit for, I think. I remember Edgar Martinez. He didn't have great range, but he could move to his left. He went back and played, played the ball well. Edgar Martinez's days at third base was the mustachioed Edgar Martinez, as I, I recall, rather than clean-shaven Edgar Martinez. But, I mean, when we're talking about third base, he won't go down as one of the great third basemen of all time. He should go down as one of the greatest hitters of all time. And the count of ball and a strike on Edgar Martinez. And now Anderson has sent the pitch to Edgar. Swung on, line drive, base hit, right center field. He's unbelievable. He is muchísimo caliente, Edgar Martinez. Now 8 for 11 in this series. Here's Edgar Martinez now with two on and nobody down here in the seventh inning. And Edgar sends a line drive down the left field line, base hit into the corner. So it's going to score one. Guillen, Vasquez to third base. They will hold him there on a double by Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez now with 441 doubles. And he has broken the tie with the great Roberto Clemente. So perhaps... Edgar has passed our way for the last time. And listen. 
fantastic tribute to a fantastic man. When I first stepped inside the kingdom and and I, I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and that was way before opening night because I'd, I'd come up here and I'd, I'd gone over there to have a look at it. But it was it was a marvel to me. Uh, and uh, up until June of 1999, when we said goodbye, it it was not a wart to me. It was a, as I said in my goodbye speech, it was a it was a beautiful lady and will always be. And I, and there are times when I miss it, but we now we have the best. Uh, you know, best stadium in baseball and Safeco Field. But, you know, for 23 and a half years, that was home. Wilson, the native of suburban Chicago. Mesa, a native of the Dominican Republic. The closing battery here at the Kingdom trying to end it. Now the stretch. The 2-2 pitch on the way to Rusty Greer from Jose Mesa. Swing and a fly ball hit into left center field and moving over is Hunter on the run. He's got it. And an era is over. The Mariners win it in unbelievable fashion. 5-2. My, oh, my. This place exploding. 56,530. With flash bulbs going off, you would think the Mariners had just won the World Series. They haven't, but it's the best thing until it comes along, I'll tell you. Come with me now to the front porch of 625 Northwest Street, Princeton, Indiana. A 1946 on a hot, sultry July evening, just like today, about 8.30 at night, and an 11-year-old boy is chasing lightning bugs and capturing them in a mason jar that had holes punched into it with an ice pick. Every once in a while, he would squish one between his thumb and forefinger just to see the glow. Now, come on now, you know you've done that too. Dad is sitting on the porch with a cold slice of watermelon on one knee and a hot ear of buttered corn on the other, with a cold beverage sitting on the ground, and suddenly... From the old Zenith floor model radio in the living room comes this voice screaming, It might be! It could be! It is! And the young boy jumps about three or four inches off the ground with each halting phrase. Magic is happening in St. Louis, Missouri. Stan Musial has hit another home run about a zillion miles away. And a career has germinated that ends up here in Cooperstown today. Here comes the Rock and the 1-1 pitch on the way to Ricky. Swung on and a high fly ball into left field. Back to the warning track is Vaughn to the wall. Fly away the 76th time in his amazing career that Ricky Henderson has led off the game to the David Lee, his pitch to Olerud, swung on and belted deep to right field. John Olerud has just become the third Mariner in history to hit for the cycle. My, oh my, there was never a doubt about it. As he hit it way back into the seats in right field, close to getting into the second deck. What a shot by Olerud. Two and one on Blowers and Butcher. 
The 2-1 pitch on the way now. Swung on on a fly ball. Hit to deep center field and way back. Edmonds to the track. He's to the wall. Grand salami time. Mike Flowers has cleared him off with a four-run blast. And all of a sudden, it is 9-2 in favor of the Mariners. A mammoth home run deep over the left center field fence as Edmonds went back as far as he could and then just put on the brakes. He knew it was out of here. So Mike Blowers with his 11th home run, four more RBIs, and he has six tonight. It was 1995 uh, when Tino Martinez seemed like he was hitting a, a grand slam home run every other at bat, but he wasn't. But I've often called a grand slam, always called a grand slam home run, a salami. And I went back to the hotel one time and thought, well, what goes good with salami? And I came up with rye bread and mustard. And then, and then I thought, you know, whenever, when I was a little kid and I never got my way, I could always go to my grandma's house. I wanted that extra piece of uh, candy. And I'd go over there and grandma would say, you mean they won't give you another piece of candy? Here. And she'd hand it to me. And I've never forgotten that. So that was kind of a salute to her. We were in, I believe, Detroit and was on television. And Ron Fairley was with me on television. And it was Tino Martinez who had another Grand Slam home run. And I said, get out the rye bread and mustard, Grandma. It's Grand Salami time. My, oh, my. He looked at me like I had taken a step on the other side. And I looked at him, and I knew I had taken a step on the other side. I got back here, and the town went bananas about that phrase. The old boy, Alberto people, had salami set up to the booth. At the kingdom above me, there was, a, of course, a, the upper deck, and people used to drop jars of mustard tied on ropes and twine and, and things down into the booth for me so I could make my own sandwiches. They would send sandwiches down. I still, uh, I still use that phrase. Always will use that phrase. So that's the way that happened. And Bobby Witt is set. The 2-2 pitch to Ken Griffey Jr. on the way now. And a swing and a high fly ball belted deep to right. Get out the right, bread and mustard, Grandma. It is Grand Salami time. I've never worked a day in my life. Why go to work? You know, I mean, <laughs> heavens no. I mean, those that are lucky enough to do this and to be able to come out to a ballpark every day, no matter how good or how bad you are, you know it's only going to last for three hours, sometimes five hours, but very rarely. <laughs> it seems like some of them last for five hours. But even in a lean year like this one, there's always something that happens in a baseball game. You, you scratch your head. Have I ever seen that before? You know, there's always some little thing, some little inconsequential thing that I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. And and that's after doing six, seven thousand ball games. So I think that's the romance of the game more than anything else to to go out and see what's going to happen tonight. The two two on the way to Dan Wilson and a swing and a high fly ball belted deep to left center field and get off the ride, Brad. No, it comes down. About as solid a human being off the field as any Mariner has ever been. He and Ian Alvin Davis, I think. 
as far as on the field is concerned, there was little doubt that he was the general. He was a guy that ran the ball game. He was a guy that called the game. He had some great pitchers uh, uh, to call for, too. But he was he was the guy that was in charge, and, and quite frankly, he was a rock. For the next pitch, it's popped up. Foul territory may be playable. Over is Wilson sliding into the dugout. Does he, he made the catch. My, oh, my. He disappeared from our view. because we couldn't see. He went right into the Mariner dugout, sliding on his knees to make one of the more incredible catches you will ever want to see to end the inning. And a standing ovation for Dan Wilson. The pool hall was the gathering place of the kids who loved baseball and football. And baseball in particular, because one whole wall was taken up with a big blackboard that already had permanent lines in it for the 16 teams in Major League Baseball at that time. Eight in each league, eight in the American League, eight in the National League. And they also had a ticker there. Those are the days, those were the days when the scorers would come over half inning by half inning and they would put the scores in the top of the first up there. How many runs? If there was a home run hit, the ticker would tell you that. Home run, Brooklyn Hodges in the first with two on. Well, they, they would put it in wet chalk up there. He would dip the chalk. D.A. Keimer was his name. He would dip the chalk in the water and then put up the scores, write the home runs, winning, losing pitchers, etc. And then as the chalk dried, for crying out loud, it became whiter and whiter and whiter, and it jumped out at you. That was kind of fun part of watching them put up the scores but i used to go in there and get their famous chili they were known for their chili and i became mesmerized by the baseball scores as they came in half inning by half inning and he was always busy because you had you had day games night games double headers on sunday no more double headers but that was always a staple of major league baseball back in my youth double headers on sunday and sit there and waste away the day watching baseball scores come in. And you know what? I can still hear in my sleep. Rack him up! Ricky Henderson is the Mariners' ticket to the ALCS. He is 90 feet away. Ricky walking down the line, not a big lead. The infield obviously up all the way around, and the outfield at a little league depth. Here comes the stretch, and Folk is 0-1 pitch on the way to Carlos. There's a bump up the first baseline. The Mariners are on their way to the American League Championship. A beautiful bump by Carlos Guillen. The Mariners sweep the Chicago White Sox. My, oh, my. I don't believe it. The Mariners make the White Sox go down three and out, and now they await the Yankees or the and they are four wins away from the big dance for the second time in their history. The Mariners knock off the White Sox 2-1 to one in as dramatic a fashion as you would ever want to see. A perfect drag bunt up the first baseline by Carlos Guillen and Ricky.
Ricky Henderson punches the ticket to the ALCS. In 2001, the Mariners took what was then considered a very bold move. They signed the first Japanese-born physician player to play in the major leagues, and many were skeptical. And during spring training that first season, manager Lou Pinella was becoming a skeptic himself. Ichiro had been hitting everything to left field. Nothing really very hard, just getting his stroke down. But Lou being Lou was getting impatient. He went to Hide Suiyoshi, Ichiro's interpreter at the time, and asked if Ichiro could pull one for a change. Well, in his first at bat, he drove one out of the ballpark in Peoria to right field, leaving a big smile on Skipper Lupinella's face and hope in the hearts of Mariner fans all over the world. In his first game against the Oakland A's, before a sold-out Safeco field, Ichiro was hitless in his first three at-bats. Then, he stepped to the plate against T.J. Matthews. The 2-1 pitch. Swung on. Grab ball back up the middle. That's into center field. And Ichiro is on the board with his first major league hit. A sharply stroked shot right back up the middle. Off Miguel Tejada, the shortstop, and on into center field. So Ichiro receives a standing ovation. You can see the Japanese flags waving all over the place down the right field line. Something that uh, I'm sure he has dreamed about comes to fruition here in his first major league game. He picks up his first major league hit. A sharply hit ground ball right back up the middle. That was just the beginning. The best was yet to come. After the series with the A's, the Mariners hit the road first to Texas, then to Oakland. And on April the 11th, in a game that he didn't even start, Ichiro had pinch hit for Charles Gibson in the eighth inning and remained in the game for defense in right. And with one out and a man on first, Ichiro Suzuki made a statement that will never be forgotten to the American League. Terrence Long is lead over at first. Here comes a 3-2 pitch on the way. Swung on and a ground ball punched into right field for a base hit. So heading to third base is Long. The throw to third base. And they've got him nailed at third base on a tremendous throw by Ichiro. I'm here to tell you that Ichiro threw something out of Star Wars down there at third base. He fired a shot about three feet off the ground all the way on the fly to David Bell and Terrence Long was D-O-A. What a throw. From that point on, the league was on notice. Don't run on Ichiro. He went on to have one of baseball's all-time best rookie seasons. He led the majors in batting average. His 242 hits were the most in the league and the most in the majors since 1930. He led the league in stolen bases with 56, and he was named both the Rookie of the Year and the league's MVP, becoming just the second player ever to win both awards in the same season. Freddie Lynn had done it for the Red Sox in 1975. The Mariners won a record 116 games that season, and Ichiro has been a fixture in the All-Star game and the Mariners outfield ever since. Could the Mariners have a dream ending again? Two games in a row? We'll see. Ichiro won it. Just looking to tie it right here. And everybody alive as Rivera's set. Here is the pitch on the way to Ichiro. Swung on and Dalton deep to right field. The unbelievable has happened. Fly, fly, fly away. My, 
the classic endings in Mariner history. Man, alive, what a ball game. Here comes the left-handers. Delivery on the way. Salmon sends a fly ball to deep right field. Drifting back on the ball. Azichi Rowe to the track. The wall makes a leap. Makes a catch. The throw back to first base. Double play. Unbelievable. As Ichiro goes all the way back to the fence. All the way over at third base was Palmero. And he was dead from me to you. He runs. He throws. He catches. He does it all. Ichiro with a tremendous play one more time to get the Mariners out of a little jam here in the eighth. On September the 10th, 2001, the Mariners beat the Angels in Anaheim 5-1. Freddy Garcia won his 16th game. And the Mariners were 104-40 and with the possibility of clenching the Western Division flag the next day. But then our entire world changed the very next morning. First one, then the second twin tower of the World Trade Center came crashing down. Everything stopped. Baseball was the last thing on people's minds. The Mariners were in Anaheim, where they would remain for several days until it was considered safe to fly again. And then they came home to their families. It seemed that life would never be the same again. In many ways, it isn't. But baseball came back. A week later, play resumed. On September the 17th, and the Mariners got started the next day, the 18th, at Safeco Field against the Angels, with Freddie Garcia on the mound again. He shut the Angels out 4 to nothing, and the magic number was reduced to 1. Jamie Moyer took the mound the next night before another sellout crowd in Seattle and gave way to the bullpen after 6. With two outs in the ninth and the Mariners holding a commanding 5 to nothing lead, Kazuhiro Suzaki was on the mound, and the Mariners were on the brink of clinching the West. Kazu trying to end it and start the celebration. The 1-2 pitch on the way now. Swing and a high pop-up. This will do it. Calling is Brett Boone on the outfield grass, and the Mariners have won their 106th game. And, of course, are the 2001 Western Division champions. No jumping around. Brett Boone going out to congratulate Ichiro. Mike Cameron coming over. Charles Gibson coming over in the outfield. All the Mariners coming out of the dugout. Walking very slowly out towards second base. As the rest of the team comes in, Lou Pinella, of course, out there, and everybody receiving some hugs as uh, the championship is theirs. A Western Division championship here in 2001. There are some grins. Uh, no overt show of, of tremendous joy. Nobody holding any champagne or anything like that. This is kind of what we expected, and I think that the team is going to gather around the pitching circle and kneel down and uh, give a prayer. But there is a banner out there that proclaims uh, the truth. 2001 American League West champions. And uh, the American flag is part of the celebration out on the field. As uh, somebody has brought an American flag. What a night. What a year. What a time it was. And this place is set to explode. The Mariners one out away. One strike away. From tying the greatest record. Cameras are out. And now Suzaki is set. And now the right-hander is 
to the plate with the 0-2 to A-Rod. Swing! And a foul tip into the glove of Dan Wilson, who hangs on to it. And no baseball team in history has ever won more games than the Seattle Mariners. And tomorrow, they try to stand all alone as a team that has won more than anybody. Currently, they are tied with the 1906 Chicago Cubs with 116 victories. The amazing season just continues. Well, he's a magician. I mean, Jamie Moyer's got the same stuff today at 43 or 44 that he probably had at 23 or 24. He's just fine-tuned it so much. He could, you know, hit the veritable nap in the rear end with his control. And uh, he changes speed so much uh, from his fastball, which is probably at top 84, 85 miles an hour. But it's his location. It's his location, and it's a way he sets up hitters. He plays mind games with hitters. A kid that uh, has won well over 200 games in his career. And who knows when his career is going to end? Why does it have to end now? It doesn't. He's already won 13, 14 games with the Philadelphia Phillies this year. There's no reason for him to quit at age 44, 45. And uh, I think Jimmy Moore will be back. He's one of my all-time favorites. He always has time to talk to kids, always has time to talk to other pitchers about pitching. And as far as his benevolence is concerned, everybody's familiar with the Moyer Foundation and what they have done for different charities in the Pacific Northwest. Class guy, number one guy, Jamie Moyer. Now the stretch. The delivery on the way to Hattieburg. Swing and a miss, and he's done it. He has his second complete game of the year, and what a masterpiece it was. As here in the ninth inning, nothing on the board for the Red Sox. One hit, no errors, and nobody left. And the amazing Jamie Moyer is a 20-game winner with the Mariners in his tenure with them. Pitch to click. Final game of the series. Mike, who's yours? Well, I think clearly it's going to be Tui Asasopo today. He's swung the bat well the last few times that he's got an opportunity to play. I expect him to hit his first big league home run today. He's going to get in a good count today. He's going to get a fastball from Tallinn, and he's going to hit it out of left center field. Probably, oh, maybe in the second deck. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Matt Tui Asasopo's first home run of his career coming up, according to Mike Blowers. On a 3-1 count. On a 3-1 count. A breaking yeah. ball, fastball. It'll, fast, be, it'll, be, a, no, fastball. it'll be a fastball. He's a fastball pitcher. He'll 3-1 count. Second at bat. Uh, how many rows back? Second row? Second deck? Second deck. Second, second deck. deck. How yeah. many rows back? Uh, that Two, I, can't, I, I can't tell you because people get their hands in the way so you never know. <laughs> this is Matt's turn right here. Here comes the wind in the pitch on the way. And it's down low. Nostradamus being Mike Blowers? Mike Blowers. Okay. His pick to click in his second at bat on a 3-1 count will hit one <laughs> into this second deck in left center field for his first major league home run. Let's get the count to 3-1 here. Okay. Here comes a 1-0 pitch on the way, and that's outside. Getting there. <laughs> I'll have our attack. 2-0 the count. You better not. <laughs> Now the talent 2-0 pitch on the way. And that's on the outside corner. So it's 2-1. and one. All right, throw him a ball now here, baby. Almost there. Yeah. And the left-hander's 2-1 pitch. And that's inside ball three. 
three balls. I've never been so excited on a three-one count in my life. How about that? It, we're there, three and one. Let's see what happens here. It's going to be a fastball, Matt. You yeah. know that. Yeah, we do know that. Now the left-handers. Three-one pitch on the way. Swung on oh. and belted. Oh, the left field. Just missed the second deck. Fly, fly, fly away. I don't believe it. I see the light. I believe you, Mike. Unbelievable. It is two to nothing. Mariners. He missed the second deck by just a little bit. And Matt Tuyas is so cold has made the prediction come true <laughs> on his second at bat on a 3-1 count. I have never in my life seen <laughs> such a prediction come true. Millions of fans from the Northwest stand here with me today. Believe me, without them, I wouldn't be here today. Over the years, they have been my biggest supporters, and they've been loyal to the Mariners throughout thick and thin. And there was never a doubt in my mind about Seattle being Big league territory. From the first pitch Diego Segui through to Jerry Remy 32 years ago, it's been quite a ride, and it's not over yet. Believe me, the best is yet to come. Reggie Jackson gave me some very sound advice uh, when we were in playing the Yankees over Memorial Day weekend. I asked him, what was it like being up there? And he said, just don't turn around. Don't turn around. You'll be so intimidated that you'll melt. And then sure enough, the Saturday night, Going to a party with all these guys, Wade Boggs and Bill Mazeroski and Phil Necro. All is, you're going to cry, you're going to cry, you're going to cry. And I remember Maz's speech in 2001. Last about 35 seconds, mm-hmm. he sat down, he melted like, you know, butter. And I said, Maz, I can inhale and my speech will be longer than yours. <laughs> so that kind of broke the tension there. But it's a funny thing how you really have not fear but you have such trepidation about going up there mm-hmm. and and talking and and letting people know your emotions and, and letting your heart speak more than your voice and i that's exactly what i did i actually wrote that in about 15 20 minutes uh, the day before because i thought about it ever since they called me my birthday and told me that i was going to be there and i thought oh my gosh i've got to make a speech and i know same thing's going to happen to me that it happened to mass i just knew it was going to happen but all of a sudden, I get up there and started talking, and a, and a calmness came over me like I've never had in my life, and I got through it. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a fly ball, hit into deep center field. Cameron going back to the track, to the wall, makes the leap, and makes the catch. Oh, oh, I hate to say it, but it was a grippy-esque catch. Make it Cameron-esque now. He went and took a home run away. say I try to be objective as objective as my subjectivity will allow me which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever here comes the right-hander stretch and the pitch on the way and a swung on and the game is over Boone may have hit it out it will fly away Brett Boone has hit it with a home run my oh my would you believe it the Mariners score a Lebo. they score It is grand salami time. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. 
2008, and the phone rang. I, I I didn't realize that was the day they were going to name the Frick Award winner, and I picked up the phone, and they told me, uh, and they said, we'd like to welcome you, you know, to the Baseball Hall of Fame family. You're the 2008 winner of the Ford C. Frick Award. I, and, and first of all, I didn't believe them. Uh, I, I said, you know, this is my birthday. They said, it is? I said, yeah. I said, well, it's the greatest birthday present you will ever, ever receive. And boy, was it ever. It was unbelievable. Matter of fact, I still haven't come down. I don't think you will ever come down from that moment as long as you live. Uh, with the exception of the, your marriage and your children being born. Greatest moment in my career. Well, if it ends up being a one-hitter... It- the hit was a legitimate hit. It wasn't a flare. It wasn't a bloop. Here comes the 1-1 pitch on the way, and the strike is called on the outside corner. 1-2, and two, and it's game time for the Boston Red Sox. That time is slider. And Felix Hernandez, one strike away from his third complete game of his career. Here's the pitch on the way. Swing and a miss, and down he goes, and down go the Boston Red Sox, and Felix Hernandez has pitched a one-hitter, a brilliant one-hitter, gets a hug from his catcher, Kenji Jojima, who puts his right hand over his right shoulder. He ends up throwing 111 pitches in a masterpiece. The southpaw set, and the 1-0 pitch on the way to Blower. Swung on and belted deep to right, and that will fly away. ball is plastered. You know that that ball is gone. It swung on and belted with little doubt about it. Those are the tape measure jobs that uh, over which there's no doubt. That's, that's the way I've always said it. And Eckersley ready. Here comes the pitch to Tino. Swung on and belted deep to right field. I'd like to be remembered as a guy who loved the game, a guy who could tell stories, a guy who people could uh, see the game through my eyes. And one of the biggest awards I've ever received, notwithstanding the Hall of Fame award, was from the Washington State Blind Association, where these people honored me by saying they could see the game through my eyes. And I think if you can do that, you have really done your job. I, I'm very, very proud of that award. I hope to be remembered as somebody who was entertaining, somebody that was hard to turn off, even in a 10-to-1 loss or something like that, because you never knew what was going to come next. I just hope to be remembered as a good guy, basically. The stretch. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Swing and let the party begin. He struck him out. Everybody up looking for another strikeout. And Randy's wind the 0-2 pitch on the way to Bill Horn. Strike three, call, and there's 19. 
So Randy Johnson, a sizzling fastball right on the inside corner to Bellhorn. Only Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver, and David Cohn have 19, and that is a new American League record by a left-hander. The 2-2 pitch to Ken Griffey Jr. now from Dennis Cook. Here it comes, and it swung on and lined off the glove of the third baseman Ortiz. Here comes Strange. The Mariners win it 5-4. The Mariners are one game back of the California Angels as Junior hits a line drive right off the glove of Luis Ortiz at third base. And now they are three games ahead of the Texas Rangers. And baby, is this looking sweet. And now Helling ready for the payoff pitch to Ichiro. Here it is. Swung on and lined into the gap. In right center field all the way to the wall. Watch Ichiro run. Ichiro is at second. He hits second. He hits for third. The relay is not in time. Ichiro has a triple. My, oh, my, what a night for Ichiro. Two balls, two strikes on Carlos Delgado. And the 2-2 pitch by Ayala. Swing and a fly ball hit deep into right center field. And Junior going back out, way back to the track. The wall and makes the catch. Splatters into the wall. Hangs on to the ball. My, oh my, a great catch by Junior. Went into the wall face first. To take away an extra base hit by Carlos Delgado. 405 feet away. A standing over. One of his greatest catches. And the pitch on the way. Swung on and belted deep to left field. We are tied at 2-2. Fly, fly away into the upper deck. Edgar Martinez with two more RBIs. He has RBIs 138, 139, and home run number 35. And finally, the fans are able to exercise their lung power here this afternoon. There was no doubt about it. That ball was hammered into the upper deck just to the left of Jackie Robinson's number 42. Here comes the 3-0 pitch to Junior. He swings and a high fly ball belted. Green to the track. The wall. Number 56. So Ken Griffey Jr. with number 56, RBI number 146. And a standing ovation from this crowd here for another milestone for Ken Griffey Jr. It breaks your heart. It's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins again and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it, rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive, and then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it most, it stops. Today, October the 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped, and summer was gone.
Somehow, the summers seem to slip by faster this time. Maybe it wasn't this summer, but all the summers that, in this my 40th summer, slip by so fast. There comes a time when every summer will have something of autumn about it. Whatever the reason, it seemed to me that I was investing more and more in baseball, making the game do more of the work that keeps time fat and slow and lazy. I was counting on the game's deep patterns, three strikes, three outs, three times three innings, and its deepest impulse to go out and back, to leave and to return home, to set the order of the day and to organize the daylight. I wrote a few things this last summer, this summer that did not last, nothing grand, but some things, and yet that work was just camouflage. The real activity was done with the radio, not the all-seeing, all-falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind. There in that warm, bright place, what the old poet called mutability does not so quickly come. And Edgar Martinez right down on the knob. The stretch by McDowell. Here comes the pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. And it's a strike on the outside corner. 0-1. And the youngster Alex Rodriguez is on deck with Buner behind him. Right now, the Mariners looking for the tie. They would take a fly ball. They would love a base hit into the gap. And they could win it with junior speed. The stretch. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My. 